Hey everybody, it is Wood. I sit next to Keith. And as we promised, man, here, here, here we go. We had snaggles last week. Yep. We're sitting here. Uh-huh. We're ready to go with a mask off. We are. So what you saying? Like I said, mask off. Yes, man. here we are. What I'm happy. I, I love mask off, especially mask offs in the summertime. Yeah. Uh huh. For yeah. whatever reason, they just. I don't know. Why I, I don't know if they're more is. effervescent, if they're just you know more more powerful, more palpable. I don't know. I I'm don't know. To, I'm trying to use all these. I feel floaty, like I feel like we're happier in the summertime. I'm trying to use all these floaty, spiritual type words because our, <laughs> our mask off, boy. This, this this is my wheelhouse. I meet people. And what mm. do I say? Wood. When's your birthday? And most of the time, mm-hmm. I, I can get mm-hmm. the I can get the sign. Right. Yeah. I can get the spectrum. I, I try right. and read them. You know, yeah. I'm wrong uh-huh. sometimes. I'm wrong a lot of times, but I think <laughs> I can do it. Wood, we got a mask off. Tell me what a mask off is, bro. Yeah, guys. So um, welcome those of you that are new on this mask off because usually when we have a mask off, they bring in new people. And what a mask off is is. Um, just that. We're taking that mask off. We're getting to know a little bit about the person that we're talking to. Uh, we're taking that mask that you know you see every day. We're peeling it back. We're getting to know who they are, what they're about, what is it they do. So without further ado, to our guest, um, what's your name and what is it that you do? My name is Allison McLennan, and I am a conscious underachiever. Like Perfect. Like Perfect. Because you're hanging out with some underachievers. Trust that is, me there. That's very true. Yes. So I have, I, I've written a few novels, three novels. I've mm. been a teacher, a nonprofit manager, all kinds of different things. And I came to a place in my life where instead of worrying about my profession or what I'm doing, I just want to be in each moment and enjoy the passage of of birds in the sky and clouds and just kind of, you know, not worry about my ego and just let it all hang out. This is going to be the lightest mask ever taken off. <laughs> it is. She yeah. doesn't walk around with a mask on. No, she does maybe, not at all. Maybe just a little veil or a veneer. <laughs> yeah. So, Allison, anytime we have a mask off guest, we like to warm them up, okay? Okay. This is you getting up in the morning, rubbing your fingers and your thumb together, you know, getting it all, you know, just that <laughs> woosah, right? Longest walk you've ever been on? Oh, uh, 10 days. You walked. F- you, yeah. Excuse me. You walked for ten days. I walked for ten days by myself in the Himalayas in 2019, and I reached 18,000 feet, and I was very excited. <laughs> okay. She, we need she a little just bit more kicked your ass right out the gate. I thought you were gonna say two hours. <laughs> That's what I. Thought. You know what I mean? Uh, one time I like walked. Like I can, I can match this. One time I walked from Tremont Street <laughs> to Dudley Station. You know. <laughs> Why were you in the Himalayas just walking? What happened there? Um. Well, do you really want to know? Uh, that's okay. why I, asked. I dreamt of Ganesh, the elephant. Ganesh's best. Mm-hmm. Ganesh. Mm-hmm. Ganesh, yes. yeah. yeah. And I didn't know what that was all about. And a couple of days later, I um, got an email about a, the, a Kundalini yoga training in Nepal. 
And I'd always wanted to go to Nepal. I wanted to go there when I was in college, but I didn't have enough money. So I've kind of forgot that dream. And then um, when Ganesh called in my dream and then I saw this thing for a yoga training, I thought, I'm going to go to that. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to go early and hike in the Himalayas for a couple of weeks and, uh, you know, be in those mountains and just kind of. How cold was it? Um, it wasn't that cold during the day, but at night you're in these tea houses and it's freezing in the tea houses. They're not really heated. They have a small fire in like the mm. common room and they heat it with dung actually. Okay, yeah. I'm out. I'm out right there. Yeah. <laughs> right there. I'm out. I hate being cold and I hate yeah. the smell, smell of, terrible? of fire shit. Uh, you had to get, at first, yeah, I was like, oh, what's that wood? And then I realized, no, they're not burning wood because there's no wood up here. This is like dung. Uh, so, whose dung was it? Mostly uh, uh, the, uh, what are they called? Uh, yaks. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Do, do, uh-huh. Human, do, do humans have dung or do we just have shit? I think we just call animals it. That have because yeah, call animals them. eat pure. They yeah. eat the, yeah. the, 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 yeah. the, what do they eat? Straw and shit? Straw, grass, right. corn, okay. whatever you give them. Sure. Your, your favorite hollow note song? Oh, um, Holland Oats, uh, that's taking me back. Uh, I can't even think of, uh, Who'll Stop the Rain? That's a Holland Oats song? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Holland Oats, that's, yeah, I, I that's know my Holland Oats, but I don't, I don't know, know that one. Holland Oats. Say It Isn't So, uh, Man Eater. Oh, um. Private mm, Eyes. Private Eyes. I guess I don't really like Holland Oats that much. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't well, know yeah. their songs. Are you like, this oh, is like, her. Now my feelings are hurt. <laughs> First Get rid thing, of her. I, I want to ask you this question. First, when's the last time you hitchhiked? Have you ever hitchhiked? Um, yeah, I have hitchhiked quite a bit. When was the last was time? Say, yeah. Don't tell me you hitchhiked to get here. Uh, no, I, did. I probably should have <laughs> since we're, we have our uh, little beverages. But um, let's see. When did I last hitchhike? Probably, oh, I know, probably last winter. So I often ski the uh, North Ogden Divide, mm-hmm. and I just go up and ski down the other side and then hitchhike around. But nobody picked me up that day, so I had to actually But you walk. actually had your thumb out. Yeah, and skis. Bold. My last wow. question. First thing you would do if you ruled the world. If I ruled the world? If you world ruled every continent, every every island, everything here, what would you do? First uh, thing. I would get rid of all firearms. I'm sorry, Second Amendment people, but <laughs> I think you need to like toughen up and lift some weights and like get back to hand to hand combat or something and just like martial arts and like yeah, she, she, yeah took it a different different direction. That's there. how yeah, like, she said still yeah. kick ass, just don't do it the cheap way. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. go fight somebody. You can still hit somebody with a bat or stab them. Uh you 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 fight it, without yeah i think you, you like don't bring a knife to a gunfight don't bring a but like it, it if you want to fight it's got to be a, like a fair fight yeah. like in a in like yeah. the the old kind of ancient way where you know it's like like the samurais and shit like that you know like this there's is how some we do people it. that have sat in that seat right there right now would it be drooling <laughs> and i'm i'm fucking yeah. terrified cuz they'd run yeah. right through you and me would yeah they would yeah we've run had right some through. we've had some fighters in that chair right there and uh, they would love to have you rule the world <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, lastly like my it's an art right so the yes. art the art well, they're incredible of, yeah these they're guys terrifying. are incredible they're yeah. terrifying yeah. Yeah. guys and girls yep yep uh, I say guys generally. I guess that is a little bit sexist, whatever. Anyway, my last, the last question and my only question is, which era do you wish you were born in? Ooh. Um, I would like to be ha- have been born in the ancient world, I think. Like, mm, maybe, it's hard to say. Uh, 
I want to say like the Bronze Age, maybe. Wow! Damn! Like way back. Yeah, yeah that's the furthest back we've yeah. we've never had Why? anyone say anything like that. Um, I think there's a lot of mystery surrounding that time. Mm-hmm. We just try and construct it from artifacts, mm-hmm. and and we're making best guesses, but we don't really know. And and yet there's some mysterious technology, like you know the pyramids that have been left behind. Right. And so right. I would I would like to actually be in the ancient world before the modern world. First of all, to experience the Earth in and what the Earth was like. Like yeah. it's true for. Yeah. It's natural. And form. then what's with all the like creatures in mythology? Were those actually around? Who knows? Like I just feel like, mm. yeah, just kind of. That's badass, oh, actually. Yeah. Wow. All right, I'm Ask Off Guest, always introduces us Snaggles. What are we drinking today, Miss Allison? We are drinking Bombay Sapphire Distilled London Dry Gin Vapor Infused. Now, mm. the lady on this bottle looks like the lady that is from the Bronze Age, doesn't she? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's, she's not exactly an attractive human being. Is that Victoria? I, I don't know who she is. I think um, it's Queen Victoria. Really? Mm-hmm. She looks like... Queen Jimmy, because that's a man, man. Have, yeah. <laughs> haven't we, haven't we had this, like, probably, uh, it's got to be... About three no, times. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm specifically because I remember you mentioning that picture. Hideous. I want to say it was probably two years, two years ago uh-huh. that we had that. Anyway, uh, still good. Doesn't matter how many No, it had. doesn't. And Snaggles is brought to you by... Tiger Claw Tattoo. Guys, <clears throat> I've said this before, and those of you that are listening... Um, Tiger Claw Tattoo, they're in Mill Creek. You can follow them on all their social media. Just type in Tiger Claw Tattoo. And, well, what do they do? They're artists, and they specialize in tattooing. Mm-hmm. And they're fantastic. That's where I've gotten all my work done. And they are open, so you have to schedule yourself an appointment because we're still in the midst of this whole COVID thing, the the corona and all that. Uh, it's just making people cleaner. It, it's it funny is, because I hear about okay. this corona thing, and they're like, we need to increase hygiene. Yeah. You're talking to a guy that takes two showers a day, personally. Right. I wash my hands so much that they crack because they're so dry. But did you do wash. that before Corona? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Just yeah. natural it's, shit. It's, just it's, hygiene. It, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that is, um, so I have kids, as it's well documented on this show. Wood doesn't and, take care of his kids. He <laughs> procreates all over the world. He's probably got kids from the Bronze Age. Yeah. And, and there's these bounce houses. If mm-hmm. you know what those are, you go, there's trampolines, there's ball pits and things like that. Well, now you have to schedule an appointment to go because what the, what do they do beforehand? Clean they have it. to sanitize everything. Yeah. The best time to go to a bounce house. They should have been doing yeah. that. So if you're worried about cleanliness, which you should never with Tiger Claw Tattoo, but right now, even better because they're taking the precautions that, that are recommended out there, but they're going to get you in. They're going to give you some ink that you're not going to regret. You're going to love it. You're going to appreciate the work they do. So go see them at Tiger Claw Tattoo, guys. They're in Mill Creek. All right, here we are. You're sitting here. You're also, I think you sold yourself short. You're an author. You've written uh-huh. three books. And mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about the books, but then I want to get to all the other stuff that makes you who you are. Because you're not one thing. You're not monolithic, nope. right? Right? Mm. You're so much more than that. <laughs> Falling for Johnny. And it's weird because I got my copy of Falling for Johnny, and I just want to know if this is in all the copies. It says... <laughs> To Keith, the second toughest person that ever came out of Boston. Did you put that in all your copies of this book? Just yours. Just mine. Okay. All right. I feel like that was directed at Bolo specifically. What is this book about? This book is about a young girl named Riley, and she's growing up in, I think, Quincy. And at the beginning, well, I don't want to tell you all the plot points, but basically... um, at the beginning of the book, her life kind of falls apart, her, mm-hmm. and um, 
like literally falls apart. Her house explodes, her mother dies, like oh, wow. just boom. Falls you know? apart. Yeah. And um, it turns out that her dad is on the bad side of the Irish mafia. Got it. And um, so her ki- life kind of spirals out of control, and she ends up meeting this guy, this old guy, uh-huh. uh, when she's uh, running on the uh, beach in the morning. Um, and he turns out to be the the dude that her dad... Um, well, I just, I'm just about to give away the plot. Don't, okay. no, no. Yeah. So, no, don't so, be ruining But that. anyways, it's, it's sort of like a coming-of-age story, but it's also a crime novel. Mm-hmm. Um, does she kill well, anybody? Yes. Okay, good oh. for her. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> she does. So she goes from just, I, I just want my house back together, um, all my good T-shirts are gone, to shooting somebody <laughs> in the face. Uh, she actually uses martial arts. So she is the, oh. the ancient kind to of fighter, the warrior. You take guns out of it. Yeah. You yep. rule the world. Yeah. yeah, I got it. Yeah. yeah. Right, and in your second book. And I actually had to interview a friend of mine about how to kill someone by hand. And I did have no <laughs> idea that this guy was like new. Like he talked to me for like a half an hour describing how you could kill someone by hand. He had a martial arts training and I was fascinated. And, and wow. I'm fascinated with that. So if the conversation about killing somebody lasted a half an hour, the disposing of the body should have lasted two hours because that's the part where you get fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it ain't the killing the person. Everybody right. can do that. You said experience. It's in the this hiding case. the body. Yeah. I plead the fifth. Okay. Okay. And, and then, then you wrote another book. Yeah. All right. You yeah. didn't just do one book. Yeah. Now, now you're over here. Yeah. So this book, for everybody that doesn't know, and that would be everybody outside of me and Wood. Yeah. You're from my home state. Yeah. I love that. I love when yeah. I have Bostonians on. Yeah. All right. Where are you from? I'm from Quincy. Quincy. What's a jimmy? A jimmy is a sprinkle, a brown sprinkle that you put on your ice cream. You're so good. Yeah. What's a frap? A frap is a milky milkshake that you can drink through a straw. It's not that thick. So, like, if you get one in Utah, it's a cup of ice cream. You're like, slice a hole. Slice a hole. Do you remember when McDonald's would always do the St. Patty's Day? Um, the um, green The green shake. shakes? Yeah. yeah and it, shamrock, right? Have you ever had that out here? Uh-uh. You guys never that, had the shamrock shakes? That's uh, huge. Not that I recall. Yeah. I don't know. They, they oh. could have, but I, it's not my thing. So, your first book is based out of um, the Northeast, let's say. Mm-hmm. Then you move out here because you like to ski. And, and, and you didn't want to go back because it's crowded. I came out here. I didn't want to go back either because it's crowded. <laughs> yeah. You know, the shitty part about home is standing in line for everything. Yeah. You know mm. what I mean? And you got to pay to use the fucking bathroom. Yeah. You know, when you, when you go to, to the, use the bathroom. Are yeah. you kidding me? I, I saw that when I lived in Mexico. Um, I didn't think that was ever a thing here. But in Mexico, like, I'm, you're going to pay for, you pay to back your vehicle out of the parking stall. Because uh-huh. everybody needs to make money. Is there a guy so, that backs you out? Yeah, yeah, and then you pay him because he backs you out safely. We're and, not that bad. But no, it's just stand in line for everything. So, do you the remember bathroom? the no. concerts on the Common in the eighties? Oh yeah, and there was no bathrooms. There was nowhere Zero. to pay. You couldn't even go in McDonald's. There was nothing set up, so everyone would wow. go to the State House. Did you ever go to? Yeah, did you, yeah, they did. The did you ever house. go to the Kite Festival up there at Franklin Park? Uh, I don't think so. You never went to the Kite Festival? Well, that's because you lived out in Quincy. I, yeah. I lived in the hood. <laughs> yeah. Kite Festival is a little different party. Anyhow, so then you move out here. You move yeah. to the great state of Utah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you're writing books that pertain to here. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of historical ones. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And Ophelia. Where'd you come up with that name? You have Ophelia's War and Ophelia's... 
Uh, it's the second one's called Dangerous Mercy. I'm sorry, Dangerous Mercy. But it's the same character, Ophelia. So it's like the mm. second in the series. Oh, it's a series. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. it's a two book series. How'd you come up with that name, first of all? Well, Ophelia's from Hamlet, and um, in Hamlet, she's um, kind of a tragic character who gets right. sort of screwed over and then drowns herself. Um, How do you drown yourself? I don't know. Did you do that? Yeah, she just, it was really shallow water. She just held on to a rock and, um, you know, laid down in shallow water and drowned. Tough broad. I would have let go of that rock. I I I would have been, yeah, yeah, trying to get to the top as quick as I could. Yep. But um, there's also a thing called the Ophelia complex. Okay. And that's when, like, females are, don't have their own opinions. They're, like, told what to think by everyone. I'm pretty cool, right? What's that? I'm pretty cool, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so. that would go. So but that yeah, would you go know what to. I mean, like, yeah, right. So that would go to your to one of the books and the title in it, then. Yeah. Kind of along the same lines, right? Yeah. Um, what is it? The uh, Mormon turned madam. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. So like she's everybody kind of told what told, to do. Told, and tells you what to do. Tells you how to be. Tells you who to be. Right. And then just like throwing all that off, like mm. not. Instead of having your own opinions or your own feelings, whatever about life, that you're just adopting your cultures. Mm-hmm. So this is more like okay, finding the core of yourself, mm-hmm. uh, removed from like the expectations, the cultural like imprints, the you know the the of your error and yes. all your religion and all that kind of crap that we think is us, but really isn't. You would think somebody like that would make a good madam, though. You think she would treat her yeah uh, business yeah money makers yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, with that coming from that from that um, background, right, 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 where, where people told her what to do. So, what made you? So, the first one I understand that's probably you and I childhood. We yeah. all heard about that growing up. Yeah, out here with this one, how did you fathom this idea? Well, when I moved to Ogden, that's where uh, I was just gonna say we <laughs> we, we had um, we had uh, Larry and the boys on, mm-hmm. and uh, we talked about. Ogden. We talked about historic 25th Street. Yeah. Talked about all the things in the underground there and the tunnels and all that. So now that you say Ogden, I'm like, ah, this is where it comes from. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So I was, I think, poking around in the maybe the Union Station Museum or somewhere. Uh And I read about this woman. They called her Gentile Kate. And she was a really a real historical figure. She was a madam. And she was so powerful and wealthy that when Brigham Young, I think it was his. 14th or 24th wife, I don't know which wife, but um, she divorced him and sued him, and I think he had some financial problems. He had to sell one of his fancy gilded carriages. She had some of her guys go out and buy the carriage, and then she paraded around town in Brigham Young's carriage. Mm. Isn't she the one that has the house that still stands to this day on, like, 25th and Lincoln? Is that her? I think that's Belle... um, Topham. Okay. Or they, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's in my second book, but she's not oh. in the first book. Oh. oh, so this has historical accuracy yeah. to it. Yeah. You yeah. didn't just come up with this out the ether. Uh, well, the, the character is like, almost like in Falling for Johnny. That one character is based on Bulger, James uh-huh. Bulger. Uh-huh. But so a lot of the characters in Ophelia's War are real people, but it's not like their it's lives. It's not their real yeah. lives. Yeah. So the story is fictional. Yeah. But, but I, the names are but real. But some of the people are real, and I research them and sort of use their life story to, to come up with these characters. All right, you brought it up. I didn't want to bring it up. You talk about James Bolger. Yeah. Um, you, Miss Fancy Pants, got a personal letter <laughs> yeah. from him. Yeah. James Bolger wrote to you. Yeah. Tell, tell us how that came about. Um, well, after he was apprehended in Santa Monica, I, I had no idea he was, oh, sorry, he was going to, you know, come, come back to life. And I was a little bit 
uh, I don't know. I was, I was really nervous that he was going to come after me, but I was like, oh, wow. I just like stole this whole, this guy's whole entire life and kind of threw it into this fictional. You work. know what that's like? You ever see the movie CB4 with Chris Rock? Mm. Chris Rock. <laughs> All right. So Chris Rock, this is about gangster <laughs> rock. And I'll get you back on track. But it, MC Gusto is a neighborhood bully. Right. And MC Gusto goes to jail and he thinks Chris Rock set him up. So MC Gusto goes to prison and Chris Rock steals his life and becomes this gangster rapper. Oh, but then MC Gusto breaks out of prison yeah. and comes after Chris Rock. Yeah. So that's what you thought was going to happen. You kind of stole <laughs> his life. Yeah, and you're like, oh, life. shit. When he gets yeah. out, he's coming after me. I thought, okay. well, maybe, you know, I wasn't, didn't think he had many friends left after all, all those years and how many people he kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I just wrote him a kind of letter that said, "Hey, you know, I borrowed some details from your life and uh, wrote this novel. Uh, hope that's okay." <laughs> Trying to smooth it over before it happens. Yeah. <laughs> she said, "I hope you're good with that." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was surprised. I got a letter back immediately. Mm-hmm. And what did he say? Not immediately, but like pretty pretty couple quick of afterwards. Weeks later, yeah. he was Prison more, immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He has high <laughs> penmanship, by the way. Yeah, he, he, he does. writes a lot yeah, better than me. Very and what did he say about that? Was he cool? Um, yeah, he's told me how much he hated reporters and journalists, mm-hmm. but, and he said he didn't really read much fiction. He's actually a, a very well-read guy. Okay. And he, strangely enough, reads a lot of Western American, um, uh, nonfiction. Louis L'Amour. Book, books yeah. like, known like Undaunted Courage, if you need to go to sleep at night. No offense <laughs> to the author, but like, it's, <laughs> th- it's like heavy stuff, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, it's hard to uh, hang on to. And then yeah, you end it's up dro- not like dows- a page turner. Yeah. 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 So like really sort of <laughs> dry, um, there's encyclopedias still out there too, somewhere yeah. if you want to. So yeah. he reads stuff like that, and he listed all the um, uh, books about the American. And this is before mm. I was even writing Ophelia's War, so it was kind of weird because I also have a history and uh, interest in the American history of the American West. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he's reading all this stuff. At the end of the letter, he actually compared himself to that chief, that famous statue of an Indian chief who's like throwing himself on his spear. Mm. I don't know what the statue is called, something about the Trail of Tears. Okay, um, but it's referenced in that letter, and I think that. He has this idea, or he had, because he's dead now. Mm-hmm. He had this idea of himself as a fallen warrior. Warrior. All yeah, the things like he did, chief. he's a warrior. Yeah, he thinks of himself as like, I. he's like, reminds me of someone I know, and I'm pretty sure he was referring okay. to himself. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, so it's just like the twisted, you know, self-image that somebody has without much... You know, I, I just thought that that was fascinating how he saw saw himself. And you just got the one letter from him? Yeah, just one letter. Did you write back after he wrote yeah, you? Yeah, I tried to keep up a correspondence. But by that time, lots of people were writing to him. And I think... Uh, oh, got lost in the mix. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it Maybe weird? Maybe just didn't like me. How, how him and John Gotti, how they ended up, like they were both killed yeah. by other inmates. Yeah. You know, which is weird because it's so powerful when they're out. They're just, I mean, they struck fear. Yeah. You yep. know, a lot yeah. of people don't know Whitey Bulger, but everybody knows John Gotti. Yeah. And that motherfucker could have you whacked out. Yeah. In a heartbeat, in, yeah. in, in the way he went out. So the power is, I guess, is it subjective? Is it? Is it? Uh, yeah, it must be. I mean, I don't know. Live don't by know. the sword, die by the sword. Right? That's, that's yeah. the end of that right yeah. there. Just, yeah. yeah. All right, but it was brutal too. I don't like. So you write, about. you write your second book. What prompts you to write the third book? How, how come you didn't write a second book on Falling for Johnny? Why did you write a second book on that? Is it is it sales? Is it is it uh, information? Well, the second book I was writing. So by this time, I was in a I was in a master's program. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, the reason I started Ophelia's War, I finished that. I was kind of done with like the requirements of my degree. I broke my kneecap doing rock climbing, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I took like a thirty foot fall and whacked my knee on the wall. And so it's like. 
immobilize. And I always tell people, don't spend your money on an MFA program. Have someone break your kneecap because that's the best way to get writing done. Well, that's what you can't, call can't, can't go do anything. Anything. I'm sure there's a broken kneecap somewhere in Falling <laughs> yeah, for Johnny. And yeah. if there's not, maybe you left it <laughs> out purposely. But that's what they did. They shot people in their kneecaps. Yeah. They broke their kneecaps. Yeah. Painful shit. Did you ever um, see Friends of Eddie Coyle by any chance? No. Or read it? You should see that. It's uh, old Boston. You'd like it. Old, 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 what, 60s? Yeah, 70s. yeah, 60s and okay. 70s. Um, mm. Friends mm. of Eddie Coyle. I have to get that from yeah, you. Yeah, excellent book. Because I'll forget because yeah. Snaggles yeah, does Snaggles that to is, me. Yeah, mm-hmm. But anyhow, so what made you write the third book again? Oh, okay, so the second book, I got to like, I don't know, uh, over 200 pages. And I thought, you know, people's attention spans these days aren't that long. I don't want to just keep writing this forever. When, when did you write these books? Sorry to interrupt you. When um, did you write them? I think uh, Ophelia's War, I started, I probably finished in 2013. Okay. I think it came out, it came out in 2016, maybe. So we're, so we're peaking digital age then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Although okay. my publisher is a library publisher. So the publisher for those second two books I wrote, they publish historical fiction, westerns, mm-hmm. and they have contracts with libraries. So they make beautiful hardcover books with the art and embossed right on the cover right, right. but they don't like sell to ebooks they don't they're not really that commercial uh, yeah, so yeah. they didn't even with the second one they didn't even make an ebook and with the first one they stopped making ebooks and yeah. so i have another publisher now who's picking up all three of these and it's going to republish them all in paperback and ebook awesome. Right. Okay, yeah, awesome. which is good and it just goes to what you're saying with people's attention span right now yeah. that's all i was yeah. that's all i was but suggesting. rather than make one huge book like four over like 400 pages i just decided i'm just gonna like separate break it, it separate yeah. and also i didn't have a publishing contract when i finished ophelia's war okay so i had no idea if anyone would publish it mm. so i just put it out there and what luckily found someone and um, and then I thought, okay, I'll I'll work on the second one and submit it to them. And so luckily they published it. Wow. Okay, so the ebook, are you gonna have a, a first page that says Keith, <laughs> the second toughest person ever to yeah. come out of box? I could just dedicate the book to you. I'll dedicate that. I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. You write, and, and then the third book flows from the second book. Yeah. Was it? Is the first book harder to write than the second book, or the second book? Um, Easy to write? F- or was it all one book you divided into two? So well, making it then the first. These two books, Falling for Johnny and Oph- the first Ophelia's War, mm-hmm. I, I was in a master's program and I had a wonderful mentor whose name was Sterling, is Sterling Watson. He was Dennis Lehane's mentor, that guy, from, the okay. writer from Boston. Sterling Watson, that, that sounds like a distinguished person. He gets manicures, does, yeah. doesn't he? I mean, he dresses yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. He does wear those button-up, like, I don't think I've ever does seen him. he wear a him. bow tie? No Cufflinks? bow tie, but oh, always button-up shirts. Yeah, yeah, he Sterling. seems like he's got his shit put together. Yeah. 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 All right, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but he does, and he was the best, like... So he went above and beyond with my manuscript. Like, I'd send him pages. He'd send them back. Like, not only did he... They call it developmental ed- editing. That's where you... They, if you have flaws in your story or your characters. Okay. But he would do line line editing, too. Like, tell me if my language was off. Or, like, even, you know, t- down to a comma. Which is wow. insane. So okay. I was super lucky. That whole first book he went through. And then all 130 pages of Ophelia's War, I had him as a mentor. But then after that, I was completely on my own. I finished my program. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have anyone to read my work. I had no one. So it was hard not having, like, anyone Mm. to help out. Once you finish the book, do you go back and read it? Yeah, actually, I'm rereading Ophelia's War, and I'm rereading all of them now because I'm sending them to another publisher. And it's weird. It's weird. I feel like, who wrote this? 
Okay. Really? I feel like I'm not the same person. So uh, do you feel like well, you're... And you shouldn't you're, be. No. Time no. should make you a different person. Exactly. Right. We, we've had that discussion yeah. often. Like, if you're the same person that you are, uh, like, the person you are now, if you're that same person uh, back, you know, 10 years from... Then you, what did you do with 10 you, years of your life? You wasted 10 yeah. years of your yeah. life. Yeah, you think, shouldn't be the same person no. every couple of years, yeah, right? Yeah, I think we, we used to live under this weird paradigm that, that you reached adulthood and then you fossilized, mm-hmm. right? And you were just the same same person fossilized, your ideas, your thoughts, your personality. But I think now we ha- we live in a more fluid time where, you know, we don't have – you're, you know, changing your career. You're right. changing – like who, who, every, everything, like you, sh- we, we should be a fluid people. We're not like, you know, fossils. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know who wrote those books. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's a perfect segue. The way you just said, eh, I don't know who wrote those books. Cause I want to get into this. Okay. All right. The, the, the meat of it. You were in the Himalayas to write books. You're in the Himalayas. You're finding yourself, right? You're one of the, you're one of the chakra people. You're the energy. You do the stones. Can you see third eye? You feel... What, kind, what type of aura do I have? Do you see that right now? I have a good aura, don't I? You have a good aura. Like a little Billy Uh-oh. D. Williams to yeah. here, and then maybe a little yeah. Denzel LL. <laughs> LL, like LL. LL right to here, right? If you didn't have a good aura, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Oh, good. You could tell on the phone. At least you I appreciate it. You could tell on the phone? Oh, yeah. And I think that for me that that is one of the best benefits of developing intuition, of developing like your own insight in, because you, you have like antennas, right? Yeah. And not only do you, you can detect people out there, but, but you, you're kind of like drawing, you're kind of like connecting, you're, drawn to you're drawing to certain people and other predator types or, you know, people with the kind of negative energy, lower vibrational energy, they don't even come near you. They don't want to be near right. you. They're I, uncomfortable around it's you. It's funny that you, you're talking about this because I have a friend who recently, uh, we had a little bit of conversation about this. You can, and he says it's physical appearance. Like that person physically, I could tell I wouldn't want to talk to him because of whatever reason, his head shape, his uh, he's too broad a shoulder, whatever the case, right? I say it's the aura that you're picking up that you're not recognizing. Like you don't want to talk to somebody because you recognize that aura. He calls it, you know, he's got weird shaped ears or I don't know, whatever it is, right? But you pick up on someone's aura, whether you realize it or not. And that's what brings you to a connection with somebody. Exactly. I mean, just look at, I hate to bring up dogs, but look at dogs. Like, I love dogs. Dogs you, can sense, right? I love dogs, They yeah. can sense people's energy fields. Absolutely. And, and, and that's why, you know, you all look at your dog, they look at this person. And for the record, my bo- my dogs, who have been made an appearance on this podcast without my permission, uh, never made a peep. Still haven't. When she rolled up. Right. Yeah. Normally they're barking. For the record. Right. Can you tell auras from pictures? Can you look at people in pictures and tell auras? Um... Not as much. I usually have to like sometimes, like I have some really old pictures of people that you know, I don't know. But um, yeah, mostly I have to like have some interaction. And the them. reason I ask you this is because I, I have a friend and she was like, "Hey, this is the guy I'm dating right now." And I look at the picture and I go, "That guy's a fucking asshole." Yeah. She's like, "What are you talking about? He's been so cool to me." I go, yeah. "That guy yeah. is a fucking asshole." I know yeah. an asshole when I see one. Fast forward two weeks later, she pulls me aside. She's like. That guy was a fucking asshole. Wow. I go, yeah. ta-da. Yeah. All right, I got skills. That's a physical th- That's a physical appearance thing. That's like, yeah. so you can yeah. tell by the way they dress, the way they, yeah. Everything about The it. way they hold themselves. Yeah. So yeah. aura is an energy. Is that innate? Is that something you learn? We like this as a child. Did your other family members have it? Yeah, I, don't, I think probably I was like this as a child. Like, I, I remember I always believed 
my whole life in like paranormal stuff. And from the time I was a little kid, I was reading books with Edgar Casey, Shirley MacLaine, their books about mm-hmm, reincarnation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was, and I would go into friend's house, like, a, you know, my friend lived in a 1600 farmhouse in Quincy. Yeah. In the middle of Quincy Center, which was really weird because it was surrounded by huge buildings. Right. But, when it was built, it was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I'd go into her. Like, I definitely, I talked about the ghost in her. I freaked her out. I probably shouldn't have because whether it was my imagination or whether I was actually really picking up on ghosts and, mm. and spirits in her house, I don't know. Because I've also, the problem with me is I'm a very imaginative person. Mm-hmm. So I have to sometimes step back and just like think, okay, what am I projecting? What am I like conjuring and what's really there? And they call that discernment. So sometimes I have to like be careful that it's not just my, I can just go crazy with my imagination. Just running off with the imagination and taking it too far. Yeah, yeah. However, if you you talk to Larry and the boys, um, I say the boys because we interviewed Larry by himself. Yeah. But he had the boys with him. Oh, he's... Entourage? And, right, right. Spiritual entourage? Yes. Okay. And we'll, he we'll is, show you some stuff after okay. the show. Right. He's on uh, Historical 25th Street. Yeah. And um, if you know the history of that, same kind of thing, the, the paranormal activity, the ghosts and all that. So I don't I don't know. Of course, obviously, I yeah. don't know what you grew up like as a child, but uh, that's out there. At yeah. least I'm a firm believer that that's out Absolutely. there. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, I believe that, too. And, uh, you know, the strangest thing was when I was in Nepal, I... Like I got there and I don't know if I had overplanned my trip, and, but when I got there, I felt like I'd already been there. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. it had happened in the, some future time, but I was living it backwards or something. And I met several people who even would say to me, like, I just had so many strange encounters with people and they'd be like, oh, you feel like you've already done this. Yeah, that's pretty common here. <laughs> like, is 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 doing oh. that then um, kind of, because I imagine for a lot of people, because most people can't just pack them and go do that, right? Yeah. So I imagine it's uh, some, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of a spiritual experience then for people. Yeah, Is I that kind of so. how that was then? Yeah, I mean, it, I actually got an amazing, I got a round trip ticket from L.A. for uh, like $500. You, had bad, you had bad energy in that fucking city, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. L.A.'s a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one of our biggest yes, listeners. And I'm sorry, Dodger Blue, we kicked yeah. your ass in the World Series. But anyway, <laughs> I hate that fucking city. I don't city. like it either. I hate yeah. L.A., yeah. man. Yep. Ugh. And actually, I touched down in China very briefly, and mm. I, I had I couldn't get out of China fast enough. I'm telling you. Oh, that too. Yeah, it was creepy. You're trying to get rid of uh, just the surveillance and like the whole level of Corona. Pe- people oh. be oh, it was before yeah. Corona. I, I, no, yeah, I don't, man, I don't know. You said were, it was 2019, so yeah, that's true. That COVID 19, yeah, the 19s for last year. But but yeah, just the energy of a place, you know, like just, yeah. not just people, but then there. Mm-hmm. So there's the the microcosm of like an individual, and then there's a town that has its own energy. You sure, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Whether from the present or the past, or just like this big mix of stuff. I feel you with that. Yeah. yeah. So I asked you earlier, like, what do you see around me? And I talked about Billy D, who you said you saw <laughs> over my right shoulder, yeah. and then LL was over <laughs> yeah. here. No, I'm fucking around. But like colors and auras and stuff. You when you meet somebody, can you see that? Or does that take time spent with them? Um, when I'm te- I, when I teach yoga, and I'm kind of in, so I teach that kind of Kundalini yoga. There's a lot of meditation involved, and like you kind of zzz, get real deep at the beginning. Okay. And I look out at my students in that point, in that state, I can 
look out and see their auras. Mm -hmm. um, but day to day, I don't really like see colors around people. I just kind of have a sense. Well, you're not focused no, on not really. everybody you yeah. pass by, right? Yeah. Well, I do have, like, I don't like to go to the store very much. I don't like to go. I don't really go that many places where there are a lot of people because of the energy fields. Because I might pick up on stuff. So you absorb other people's energy. You can feel, you're sensitive to it. I shouldn't yeah. say absorb, yeah. you're yeah. sensitive to I'm it. I'm sensitive to it. And so like, so I'll just give an example. I was in a room full of um, people throwing up, right? Throwing up? Yeah. And um, That's a strange room. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to know more about that room, but I have a feeling you want to talk about it, so keep going. So I was like, I didn't feel sick at all. But, um, and you know, probably most people have this. It's like when you're like, and this goes back to when I was a kid. Like if I saw somebody throwing up, I'd start throwing up. So yeah. I'm not even sick. But can I, can I stop you, Allison? Yeah. When I see somebody throwing up, it makes me laugh. Even when I throw up, <laughs> I start funny. laughing. I think it's the funniest fucking thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Your body's rejected. That's a problem. Yeah. It's a purge. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. They say, oh, this is healing. It's healing. It's like getting the poison out. But I shouldn't <laughs> think of it. But it's like, yeah, you hear those noises or so like. Yeah, I had to say to myself, okay, is this me? Mm -hmm. Does, do I own this um, feeling right now? Or is this like, this is some, something that doesn't belong to me. So, but yeah, sometimes you'll just feel something on your body and you're not really trying to like pick stuff up or, or you pass somebody and like, I don't know like what you said about their, is it their facial expression? Is it, mm -hmm. you know, their thought? And there's, so the Buddhists believe in thought forms, by the way. So when you have a thought, it's not just in your head. It's a thought form and it's out there. So, mm. so other people, if you're super so it's like sensitive, an energy it's like an energy. Yeah, there. there's thought forms. And so, you know, you clear your own stuff, but then you've got to like make sure that you're not taking in, you know, all the negative thoughts of people, mm. but it could be just like their body language. You could just be super like tuned in to the physical, to what's going on. I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. the, I think one day science will be, have an explanation for all of this, but right now it exists outside of the realm of what we can explain. And the only reason why I would say that that probably won't happen is because uh, we politicize everything too much, yeah. which we don't get into much on this podcast, but uh, the science, I think, could push in a direction that would that would blow our minds. Yeah. But I just don't think... It's like we discussed... This was a couple of weeks back. I can't remember if you remember this or not, Keith, but we talked about um, like the stars and space and the great beyond, right? Like we have the ability to go beyond... Uh, and see beyond like the moon and all that, right? But we don't because why? Money, politics, greed, and power. Yeah. Like it, we're not going to go past that because we as humans, we don't allow ourselves to do that. So I feel like science is similar. But luckily as humans, so there's a thing that so as as it is above, so it is in us. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a theory that, that whatever's out there in the cosmos actually in, exists in, inside our brains and we know so we do have the power to like go so deeply into these meditative and astral dimensions that we can experience interdimensionality on our own without any like cost. So mm. we, I think that people are picking up on this power, like the power of, of observing their thoughts of possibly, you know, traveling to astral planes and dimensions and, and, and not just existing in the third dimension. I got a, mm. several questions. I just want to throw at you real quick. <laughs> So when you're in your yoga class and you see auras because yeah. you're in that state, do you, is there anybody ever where you're like, I want them out of my class? Um, there have been people that I just feel like need a lot of help, but because they're there and I, I'm just trying to manage maybe like sometimes they're making a lot of noise or they're doing certain things. 
But I feel like because they're there, I have a responsibility to sort of nurture them and maybe manage if they're, you know, having some kind of, you know, some people just. So you're a helper. You're a yeah, people yeah, helper. Yeah. What, what color is that that you see that's like bad? Um, it's often red. Red's yeah. a bad one. Because purple is. Purple's. Prince. Pur- like, yeah, yeah. Pur- purple's, music. purple's very healing. Right. And it's like, it's like you, you want to get the purple chakra, yeah. like your chakra the, or you want a purple. Yeah, the purple is it's like the seventh chakra, the crown chakra, yes. and then the white, the aura of white and purple. <laughs> and then it's um, blue around the throat. Um, it's green is great. Green's around the heart. And I don't want to say that, um, that red is bad, but red is sometimes its first chakra. Mm-hmm. So it might be, and sometimes there's a lot of like insecurity there. You know, there's a lot of, there could be a lot of anger. So when they say ground yourself, like the very mm-hmm. first chakra is red. It's like, you've got a ground to earth, but sometimes people, if they were homeless, um, if they're just insecure, like if they're going through a lot, they don't have a lot of grounding first chakra stuff. And mm-hmm. then the second is sexual, but it's also creative. So it's um, orange. And then the, the manipur, the, the belly right here, the solar plexus is yellow. And that's... I've yeah. been waiting for yellow. That's my yeah. color. Yellow's, <laughs> yellow's like, you're, I could see you as yellow. Yeah, because you're like very um, an active person in the world. Like you make things happen, keep right? Keep going. Keep, keep, keep just, talking, girl. You have, that, you have that kind of outward energy, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's very... I push for purple all the time. Yellow's what... very, yeah. And purple's very... very very like ethereal and but yeah I ethereal could, yeah. i don't know what that means what is that so ethereal is not of the third dimension of like the so i have a, i struggle with my third chakra that's the one that i think you're really good at meaning you can go out in the world you have creative ideas and then you see you manifest them you can get things done and like create a podcast or whatever but when you're like for me i struggle with that chakra because i tend to like i can go into meditation or something like that and be out there in some ether like in another dimension be perfectly happy like not even engaging in what you'd call the world the third dimension the physical reality i can just mm-hmm. go and kind of have this escapism into this the ether mm-hmm. you know and some people say well you're probably doing work on a different level you know you're just doing something different right. it doesn't and that's why i said like Conscious, um, conscious um, uh, underachievement, mm-hmm. meaning I might not be achieving things in this third dimension, like, you know, like, oh, like making a lot of noise about my books right now, whatever, but I, maybe I'm doing something else that we haven't really learned to, like, appreciate in, in our culture right now. You know what I mean? Sure, I do. Yeah, yeah. So. Are you conscious in what you wear? I noticed today you have a lot of purple on. Does it have anything to come... Uh, does that have anything to do with you coming in here, sitting down, talking with two jackasses? <laughs> Did you put the purple on for strength or anything no, like that? No, no, no. Do you wear red? Uh, I'm not. No, I don't actually wear red. But for these reasons? No, not not consciously. I think it, it's like I never said, oh, red is the... Um, but I think it's probably unconscious. Plus, like my, hair, I don't think red that looks that good on me. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you just kind of gravitate to certain colors. Red always feels like uh, like if you wear red, I'm wearing red. Uh, it feels like you're trying to be a little more bold. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 coming into to the woodshed here and dealing with us, mm-hmm. you want to kind of bring that down and be like, okay. Idiots. Yeah. I'm going to soften you up and we're going to go down this path today. Yeah. But I do wear like, I almost, oh, this is, this is like a copper. So this is the tree of life kind of thing. And this is copper. So if I, copper kind of repels um, negative energy, Mm. it's like 
So I do wear this that's proper. A, that's, a, that's a mighty big medallion. So you were prepared for what was coming <laughs> yeah. in. And then this is for mag- electromagnetic stuff. So I did at one point have a serious, when I had this Kundalini awakening thing happen, I had a very serious, um, I couldn't even be in this room with that, with that light. Okay. Wow. Put, a, put a pin in that Kundalini. Kundalini. You, uh-huh. with that. Yeah. The last question I want to ask you is about reincarnation. Yeah. Are you a believer in yeah. reincarnation? Yeah, definitely. So do you get reincarnated once, 20 times, 15 times? Does it just go on and on? So that and then this subsection, yeah. okay, because I, I took tests back yeah. in the 90s. Right? <laughs> back so the subsection, back in the 80s, yeah. yeah. Subsection is, um, are you scared to die? Um, well, should I answer the first part first? Yeah, go okay. ahead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I definitely believe in reincarnation, but I also don't believe that everyone's been, been reincarnated. And I think mm. sometimes the people who... Because you have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So there could... Be, and I think sometimes people um, are not like... So basically, if you think about diversity, right? Like, I believe in the diversity of souls. I believe in the diversity of cognitive um, wiring, mm-hmm. of even like who we are, where we're coming from, um, is way more diverse than we think. It's not just about, you know skin color and where, what direction we all went mm-hmm. out of Africa. It's like goes way beyond that. Um, and so that there are people and sometimes people who don't, there are people who maybe don't actually have souls. I hate to say that. Oh shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Are those evil motherfuckers? They're not necessarily evil. No, but are they evil motherfuckers? Um, <laughs> I, I haven't, um, I, why, why, if you're evil, why wouldn't you just have like an evil soul? Yeah, you could you could have um, just who's a to very say, who's to say that all souls are all the same. Who doesn't have a soul? Like, do you see people on TV where you're like that motherfucker doesn't have a soul? And, you know what I mean? And just just to be clear, like I don't mean like that as a negative thing. That's not negative. No. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I'm ignorant. I'm new to this. No, but it's, yeah. they're just like a they're they're here in a they're like a body um, that hasn't maybe for the first time. If they're not going to develop, like, you know, themselves beyond, they're like, it's like somebody that shows up once. And that's it. Oh, they don't get mm. reincarnated. No. So you, what I'm understanding, as I spit so, all over myself, <laughs> <laughs> is that a person with a soul has a propensity to be reincarnated. Yeah. Somebody without a soul doesn't make them a bad person. They could be a great person, yeah. but that's it. That's one yeah, ride. That's one, so one when, you get, when you get that one ride... And and from what you believe in, when you get that one ride, where do you go? Is it heaven and hell? Do you believe in heaven and hell, or do you just do you go to sleep? That's it. So I I believe in um, so I believe that beyond our, this realm, there's other dimensions, um, and it just depends like how you you're. It's actually all about vibration. So you like I'm not me. You know I'm just like in this body in this time period. But in another dimension, it's really hard for us to conceptualize it because there is no, like, form. There's no right. conception. So it's almost like you're just energy. And, and then you come into form, and then you go out of form. And you come into form, and you go out of form. And, you don't, and when you stop attaching to the form, that's when you're just pure energy. So when I stop attaching, and, and this is, like, goes to your question about fear of death. Like when I realize every that this life is so impermanent that my body, my life right now is just like it's literally like a blink in the 
It's a, a blip a on the blip. radar, yeah. Yeah, it's like a blink. It's so... It's, My nana used to tell me that. Yeah. Whew. And, when I hear long. And it's so, it, in a way, it's liberating. It allows you just to be, right? You and, and that makes you just like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting here right now talking to these wonderful gentlemen Ooh, and having wow. this deep conversation about things I can't normally talk about. Um, and this is just lovely. But, you know, but, but when you get, like, if I'm attached to, like, oh, what am I going to do then and there? So... That's when you're not like living in the the present moment. That's me. And That's um, me. we talked about that. Yeah, I, I yeah. have a problem with that. So reincarnation, are you always coming back as a human or do you come back as a dog or, or um, a, a plant? I, I personally think like I'm I'm actually an animist. So I believe Again, you're talking over <laughs> my head. So an animist <laughs> is like the most ancient. So if you go back b- before religion, people were animists. And like you know the Japanese anime stuff, yeah, like huh. the Japanese were, were were that is like a modern um, manifestation of they're a very old cult um, religion. It's not even it's pre-religion. Okay. So they believe that like your microphone had a spirit, the tree had a spirit. Yes, the, the rock, the Didn't river. Didn't Native Americans do that too? Yeah, okay. yeah. And so that's how ancient people, and that's why if, if I were to to live another time period, I'd love to go back to the ancient world. Uh, where where everyone was an animus, where where life was like imbued before we sucked the the life and spirit out of every rock and tree and river, where like, you know, it was just like the the rich fabric of 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 a life that's animated of breath, of, your breath was 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 alive like everything. So I think, like I I talk to trees all the time. I talk to plants. I talk to animals, rocks, water. Are like, you scared of spiders? No. Are you scared of mosquitoes, snakes, snakes bugs, anything? Um, I dislike like having mosquitoes, but I don't like. So, so mosquitoes on your arm. Yeah. About to bite you. What do you do? I'd probably blow it. You don't kill it. I probably wouldn't. No, I okay. just like flick it off. That's. Mosquito. But if you don't eat sugar, <laughs> okay. they they don't come to eat that much. I, my, hmm. If I'm with my husband, all the bugs just eat him. Yeah. So it's oh, perfect. Awesome. Just Cinnamon like, for breakfast. <laughs> just have him walk in front, <laughs> and they. I was listening to an interview with Quincy Jones one time. Yeah. And he was talking about Michael Jackson. And he said, and this is when Mike was still alive. He said, I can recognize when people have been here before. And Quincy Jones's theory was Michael Jackson was reincarnated and remembered so much of his former life that made him so much further ahead than everybody else. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Can you, can you go from, you know, your life in the 1830s or the 1520s or the 700s and then remember so much of that life? Oh, shit. There's this oh kid. Boy. Did you Put hear a about pin the- in that answer? <laughs> yeah. oh, dude, there's a kid. Yep, I know this, where you're going because I was going to bring it up. The fucking kid. He's yeah. watching TV and he says it was dad. He's like, that's, that's me. me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and he remember, a- he talked about this guy's life. Wor- was it World War II? World yeah. War II. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. And he yeah. gave historical facts that yes. that kid wouldn't have known because Unless one, he was he could, that motherfucker, right? Because yeah. he couldn't have, and he couldn't read those facts. He didn't have access to them. But he gave those facts. They fact checked, and he was right. Yeah. Yeah. So generally, when people have that clear of a memory of a. Uh, past life it's because of unre- of trauma of unresolved trauma so that dude died really quickly in a mm-hmm. war and so it's like when when they go out really fast you know like they get hit by a bus or something like that and it just pulls them out and that's usually when people need to go back and connect with another life um in general most people um have been here like 
Well, I don't know how I don't know anything about most people, but I think that I love when you do that. <laughs> you do that early. You say I can only speak from my yeah, experience. I, I, That's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. I just have to watch that. I'm like these sweeping generalizations, or like I'm assuming sure. anything. And I think that's another interesting thing. Like we look out at the world, right, and we assume that everybody sees the same thing that we're seeing, yep. and that we can have some consensus about what we're seeing, what we're experiencing, our mental processes. But really, we don't know that. We need to, like, listen deeply to what other people, like, I need to listen very deeply and ask you, what do you see when you close your eyes? What do you see? Close your eyes. What do you see? I see these purple swirls going around. Yeah. Yeah. I see, like, what I always say, I see, like, they almost look like colorful stars that come together. As a circle, and they come together, and they go over and over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people, they just see darkness. They don't see any of that. Did oh, you know shit. that? It's good that I see purple, because you said purple's a good purple's color. Purple's a very healing yeah. color. I'm going to live forever. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. spiritual. You're just going <laughs> to vibrate right out of your body, out into the ether, so, and like... So what about soulmates? Yeah, soulmates. What's, is, it, is it bullshit, or is it real? Is it a thing? Um, I think... There's karmic relation. Most soulmates, well, okay. I have known people who like meet their soulmate and it's very like lovely and blissful. Most people who, um, you know, in your interpersonal relationships, Mm -hmm. your family relationships, they're karmic. They're not soul relationships. They're karmic. So meaning that you've got karma with this person and that's why they're reappearing. You've lived other lives with them, but you're not necessarily like Mm. in this cosmic, like twin flame kind of like romance. It's because you're like maybe in a soul contract with them. You help Mm. them out in one life. Now they're helping you out or maybe you didn't resolve something. So a lot of times people we want, we, we crave this beautiful, like this soulmate Yeah, this this connection. Yeah, this like... But more often we get our our karmic, <laughs> so it's because I, I feel like there's they always say there's one person for everyone, which yeah there is always one person, but I think feel like there's more than one person yeah, for right. every person. Right. Totally you say right. karmic is it karmic from a previous life? Is it karmic yeah. now? It's both. It's mostly it's from a previous life, but then it builds over lifetimes. You know what I mean? So like I I know I've lived with the my husband before in other lives. If I said that to him, he'd think that he'd say that was complete bullshit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But and I I know things about him. Like I I'm pretty sure he was a World War One soldier that died and got gas in a gas mask because I had an image of him like that once. And um, yeah. So. But there has, d- to, d- but there's got to be like, I mean, when you, when you, whether it's your husband, whether it's just a friend, you're drawn to certain people for certain reasons, yeah. and and that would play into that same thing. Like, okay, uh, Keith and I, it took us a number of years to finally our paths to finally meet, but once it did, it was like, oh yeah, well this makes sense. Yeah, yeah you guys clearly have. A relationship, like I could see it right when I walked in the door. That's not. That's just. It's not just of this time. Mm-hmm. You guitar. guys are are definite. I'm not saying like you guys have a soul connection, and it's not. I don't think it's just from right now. Mm-hmm. So it, it, to me, that's very like. It's obvious, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't meet this many people that I can that I feel have what you guys have, even though they may be married or like in the same family. Not that you guys are like, you know, it's not a romantic thing, but it's very, Keith is uh, my soulmate. He thinks I'm high. (laughs) It's like kind of, it's great. All right. So back to Michael Jackson. Yeah. Do you, you think, and and this is with the kid, the world war two shit. Do you think, you know, somebody could gather information from when they were here before and then say, okay, I need, I, I build on that. And then I become this. Yeah. I think, what happens is they've got to let that go. They've got to, like, 
resolve the trauma from the past. So like I wrote those books of strangulation and suddenly I'm like, oh yeah. Um, and it was like my voice, right? I could never sing before. I could never have something come out because I had this constriction in my throat. And so getting that, that stuff out, whether it's writing or going back through time or therapy or, or whatever you decide to do, um, I'll freeze all those chakras. Mm -hmm. So like a past life can create a blockage in a chakra, just like any trauma in this life. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to like, you know, there's like this goal, there's this, this, this chain in us, you know, and it goes right up the spine. That's like the Kundalini and each energy center represents something. And so we have to like clear, it's like, um, I think there's a song about going clear. Like you go clear. You've got to clear everything. And you talk about not letting go. Some of those people are born and they remember their past life and where they got shot in the chest and they have yeah. a birthmark there or yeah. they got this and they have yeah. a birthmark there, yeah. which which is weird. Yeah. And you talk about chakra. Chakra, is that does that involve the third eye? Is that third eye as the, well? Yeah, the third eye is the sixth chakra. And so that's your intuitive. It's like right here between your eyebrows. And that's the seat of your intuition. Okay. We have a lot of dumb people that yeah. listen to this. <laughs> Wouldn't I a jocks? And the only reason we're as elevated as we are because we bring smart people on this yeah, podcast like yeah. you. All right. we, we grab onto something from everybody. We, we grab right, onto yeah. something from everybody. Explain what chakra is. So um, a chakra is an energy center. And so some people, like, you can think of it as a metaphorical thing, but when you actually do these practices, you, you actually realize that, yeah, this is a, this is a very um, real physical thing. Um, and I, I did mention MC Yogi in my text to you, but he's got a great song and maybe play it. For, for your audience at the end. Too legit quit. <laughs> uh, he, he goes through the seven wheels of the chakras and he wraps them. Okay. Mm. So the first chakra, um, so basically they're energy centers and they correspond to places in your body. So when you have um, physical symptoms or something going on and you follow that, there's often like what they call like a psycho psycho-spiritual element to your physical manifestations of like, of, you know, whether you have like, you know, if I had a constriction, I um, keep coughing, choking, something here in my throat or thyroid, that's my fifth chakra. So not only do you want to look at that medically, what that means medically for the physical body, but you might want to investigate what the fifth chakra issue is spiritually and what's like the energy around that. I like how you included also Western medicine to your thing. Hey, go see a doctor. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hopefully everything works out and yeah. let's come back to the chakra. Right. Yeah. yeah well, it's a complementary. Well, I would say like, like if I, if I cut my arm. Yeah. Physically, I have a cut on my arm. I'm going to get that. Right. Meditation is not going to fix that. Right, right. How, how does meditation play into all of this? Every, everything you do. And I know, I, I understand meditation and yoga yeah. and all that stuff is good for you. And we should a lot sometime throughout the day. For me personally, when I do yoga, yeah. I, I get bored. Yeah. I want instant results. I'm yeah. a guy. Yeah. That's... You know what I mean? I, I, I want things to happen right now. Yeah. And then, and then the meditation... My mind wanders. Yeah. Well, that's so totally natural. How do, you, how do you find those centers with both those things? So there's so many different types of meditation. And a lot of times people try and start at like the highest, the, the, a level of where they don't have any assistance. It's like you, if you were going to ride a bicycle and you'd never gotten on a bicycle before, you would usually, you know, you do a little balance stuff. You don't just like go and jump on a trail on the hardest mountain bike trail. Right, right. So I feel like for meditation, like music, sound can be a really great aid. So if you ha so your brain your brain wave your brain waves are in different states. You've got your your um beta state, so it's fast oh sorry, 
fast, fast brain waves, and then you've got your theta, your, let's see, there's the alpha, beta, theta, and delta states of your brain wave. I don't know what theta is. Theta is the, the, the one before delta, which is right before you go to sleep. So you're relaxed, you might be seeing images. Alpha is like, you know, when you're super busy and your mind's, your wheels are turning, okay. and then it starts to slow down. So in meditation, Fair like, enough. you can slow, you can change. And we know this because of science. Like, when I was in college, I took a meditation class. Well, it was just fluff stuff, right? There was no, there was no functional magnetic resonance imaging that you, they could. You got college credits for going to sleep? Um, no, actually, I read a Sounds very long like, book about kind of meditation that was like 500 pages oh, of disgusting. Oh, they disgusted. threw a book in it? Gosh, yeah, don't you hate and that wrote one? papers. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. When you think it's going to be easy and they put the <laughs> celibus on you, it's yeah. all fucked up. Yeah. But, but we know now that, that we, as humans, like we can change our brain states and we can use this technology. And so I feel like yeah, if people, like if you just want to go into this thing where, and you don't have the assistance of sound or music and like you can use all these aids to like get you to this, these places that are, you know. I have, I have one to go along with this. I have one of, one of my best friends. He's. He uh, doesn't do well with anesthesia. He can't be put under. He doesn't do well with pain meds. Whenever he goes to the dentist, whenever he has any like minor surgery, he had a major surgery, he had to be put under. But anything other than that, he'll tell the doctors, give me about 15 minutes, and I'm going to clear my mind. And he does every – he's had root canals. He's had everything – Never been numbed. Type never of person pressed. you don't want to fight. No. <laughs> and he clears his mind, yeah. and he'll tell me, I can – I observe the entire procedure from above. Yeah. I mentally go somewhere different. Yeah. And I can take that away because yeah. I can, I, he's in tune or whatever, and he just can, he doesn't need that. Yeah. Like yeah. obviously a surgery where he had back surgery had to be put under, yeah. of course, but um, he doesn't do well when he comes out, he starts fighting everybody. But I mean, your our mind is so much stronger than we realize, yeah. I think. Yeah. We don't use, uh, we're using like 10 or 15% of our brain. But um, these kind of earphones that we're wearing now mm-hmm. for meditation, for that music stuff, like um, the mantras, meditation, and beats, you have these kind of earphones on and you play that from your phone or something, you're going to get like, they, they use the left and right, they use a slightly different sound in the left and right um, ear to, to calibrate your, uh, theta, your, your brain waves. So huh. those type of things, this type of technology, you know, with your ears, that can, these things can be amazing. And then you said when you close your eyes, you see a little bit of purple. Soon that you won't be bored because that might change and that might shift into shapes. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're going to be like. It boom. does shift into shapes. Yeah. I watch yeah. it. It's like, yeah. remember the yeah. kaleidoscopes when we yeah. were little, That's, you know, yeah. you do all that? Yeah. It does that Yeah, shit. I have that yeah. with like multiple colors and they'll come into the end yeah. that'll start over at the beginning. But yeah. yours is predominantly red. That means you're the <laughs> devil. Mine is purple. <laughs> Let me ask you about tapping in this stuff. All right. So we spoke earlier off, off camera, off camera. Was, yeah, because there's the camera. Because right I'm so there. arrogant, right? <laughs> Just became Phil Donahue. Look it up, young guys. But we, we spoke earlier about... Um, Energy, yeah, right, and 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 the world being so loud now, and how yeah. this isn't a human's natural state. Yeah, there's a place called Coral Castle. Mm. It's in Florida, and the guy's name was Edward Leedskin, and he built this castle out of coral using ancient um, techniques. He, he there was a three hundred a three thousand pound door that he put on a pivot where a kid could just push it with their finger. Wow. He did all this stuff by himself. He was a 157-pound, um, I don't know, German man or, yes. or 
uh, Lavakian man. Uh-huh. But what, my point being is, there's so many things that we don't tap into anymore as humans. Yeah. All right. We we lose that that vibration you yeah. talked about earlier. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. humans are the only ones that will feel fear and go into the building. Yeah. Where you can get a lion, a bear, a polar bear, they feel fear and they take off running. Mm. Right. We don't naturally listen to that anymore. We're yeah. so. We're so drowned out with cell phones and computers and headphones and TV and all that stuff. What is it? What is our best natural state is the question. And and our best natural state is that when you meditate, is that when you're doing all these things that take care of the the soul and the chakra, not just the mind, not just the physicality. You can go lift weights. You can go ride a bike. You can read a book. You can get smarter and all that. But how are you taking care of your energy? Yeah. And I Mm -hmm. think when you feel, when, when, like when your ego is starts to just shed, you know, when you're, when, and then you feel a connection with the world around you, with other, with, for me, it's easier with plants and animals and trees and water and natural things. But if I can actually feel that same connection that I feel with the natural world with humans, mm-hmm. that would be for me the ultimate, that's what I, I struggle with the most. But like, just if like, it's almost like forgetting yourself for a while, right? Just forgetting yourself. And it's like being like a, a kid where you're just in that moment, you're, it's mm-hmm. like very playful and joyful and yes. blissful and yes. just like, yeah. Yep. Is that something that we miss as adults or kids closer to being in tune with that natural state? Um, I think really young kids are, but, but now it's, it's kind of difficult because we project our neurosis on kids and then it's, it's, they don't, they're not able to live very long until the cultural imprints get put on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, people try. I people feel like try. it's getting younger and younger. We're starting to do that with our kids. Yeah. You know? and well, you, get, you give them a cell phone to babysit. That's yeah, true. That's true. How many times have you gone out? Well, not now because we don't. We can't go out to eat as much. But, but you'd go to a restaurant and you'd see a couple there chatting. And then off on the corner, they've got their kid watching an iPad or an iPhone or something like that, right? Like, yeah. We don't allow them to use their physical and their mind and all that anymore. We here, watch this. Or you know, in the, in back in our day, there there you'd be there'd be a bunch of kids out behind the restaurant just screwing mm-hmm. around. They wouldn't even be in the restaurant. Right. The parents would be in there eating. Everyone else would be in the back and causing all kinds of. But nobody would care, right? Right. But yeah. Everyone's afraid that like their kids are gonna get in too much trouble. Let them just like roam. Right. Do you oh, think? We'll, do parent. you think we're more fearful now? We talked about earlier the combat zone in yeah. Boston, yeah. which a lot of people don't understand because. I'm from fucking Boston. Yeah. I talk about being from Boston. California, who I just dogged earlier, is yeah. one of our number one <laughs> yeah. uh, United listeners, States listeners. Yeah. Massachusetts don't give a fuck about me. I guess no, they're they jealous or whatever. So anyhow, the combat zone yeah. was a dirty, dirty, yeah. dirty place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we went down there as kids. We <laughs> yeah. took the bus. We took the train. We got off and we yeah. skipped around there. We teased the prostitutes. Yeah. We messed with the pimps, right? Yeah. And the junkies, we just kind of jumped over. Who could yeah. jump over the most junkies, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they were all passed out by each other. It was just a different time. So my qu- my statement would be, our state now, are we living in so much fear? So much angst? Yeah, I think so. I, th- yeah. I think, you know, also I've wondered about parents. Like, so I grew up doing, like, you know, 10 and 11, I could get on the tee and go wherever, right? Mm-hmm. It was just so. But but I have friends who's like they don't even allow their kid to take the bus around Ogden. You know, yeah. or something like that or they they read every phone message and they're like how, micromanaging their kid's life and um I did something for my son the other day just registered him for a class and I was talking to my mom she goes, "Why did you do that?" What? Well, she couldn't believe that I even like did something as simple as like register I go cuz he'd never do it and right. then I realized, yeah, yeah okay. 
my parents were like the most like hands off, right? Mm -hmm. You you you're you're an entity of your own, and you're responsible for yourself. And whether that was good or bad, I got in a lot of trouble, you know, whatever. But I was allowed to make mistakes, allowed to get in trouble. They probably didn't even know about half the trouble I actually got into. Yeah. But Which means you had a fun childhood. Yeah, just lived. And um, I don't know. It's interesting because I find myself doing the, doing more things for my own kid who's a teenager that he could do. He could make his own pancakes. Why am I like, right? you right. know, there's a, some things you do as an act of love. But then as a parent, you have to like say, oh, wow, what am I? How is my love becoming overbearing and how is my sure. love preventing him from being like independent? Are uh, you more Eastern medication or Western medication in terms of healing? Oh, I don't, I don't, if, unless I was like dying on the street, I wouldn't go to any. You don't take either? Western medicine, no. You don't take Western medicine. It's, no. it's funny Eastern. you, you yeah. bring this up just, because I was having this discussion just this morning and I said, if you look at society and, and what we do, right, like how many people do you know, or you could even ask, start their day out with some kind of medication, whether it be like a mood behavior, even Tylenol, ibuprofen, something like that. Like we start out our day with medication. When I lived in Mexico, I never, I'm trying to think back, other than when I got Giardia, and that's terrible. Yeah. Would shit that. the bed. Yeah. Would shit in somebody's bed literally and left. I did because that's what you do when yeah. you're there. But um, <laughs> outside yeah. of that, I never, I never had an ibuprofen. I never had a Tylenol. I never had anything. Yeah. But here, it's always there. It's always I like I have to be suffering to take anything like that. Yeah. But how easy in society now is it? Western society, like, oh, we'll take a pill for that. Yeah, well, doesn't I, matter what it is. Yeah, I'm, I, I am really happy to see that cannabis is now medical, because honestly, I think the medical establishment, pharmaceuticals, really lost the trust of most people by over prescribing opiates. Yes. Oh yeah. And yeah. kill it like this, that epidemic. I think killed more than any war. Yeah. Right. I don't know yeah. what the what the comparisons are right now with deaths with opioids and COVID. But um, it's still got to be more. There's no way that COVID's got yeah got a leg up on that because that that that, been, that went on for a long. Oh, it's yeah. still going on. Yeah, I can tell you over the years, I went in for tendonitis. I'd fall off, you know, have an accident like with my kneecap or whatever. And yeah, maybe you need a couple t so you're not in screaming pain. Sure. But you don't need 30. You don't need. Right. And um, I, I can tell you over the years, I, lucky for me, I just didn't happen to like that stuff or become addicted to it. But I certainly could have based on how many prescriptions for that shit that I got. What was the rope peyote you did? The rope weed? Oh, it's ayahuasca. <laughs> ayahuasca. Yeah. T tell us about ayahuasca. that. So it was really interesting because I was a little bit um, judgmental about it because I would tell people about this Kundalini kind of weirdness that I experienced and people would automatically, a lot of people, not everybody, but many people would start telling me about some experience they had that, they, that was similar through ayahuasca. And I thought to myself, well, that's kind of different because you took a drug. That's a drug. Mm -hmm. And so, so I didn't really have any interest in, in it. But then somebody invited me on a retreat. So I thought, okay, I need to open my mind and not be judgmental and just experience it myself. Where was the retreat at? I really shouldn't say. It was <laughs> not, 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 not the address. Uh, just a, it was in Utah. Okay, it was yeah, here. It was right. here in Utah. And uh, actually, I was really surprised. Okay, so leading up to the retreat was this very strict. So if you don't do the strict cleansing diet, if you're taking any pharmaceuticals or if you're, you know, eating high, lots of sugars and whatever, you're going to spend most of your evenings puking. Okay, let oh, me wow. tell you something, Allison. Yeah. <laughs> 
I know about a cleansing diet. I had a colonoscopy two weeks yeah, ago. it's like that. And I was as yeah. pure as they come. Yeah, it's okay. like that. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> that was me. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. You clear everything out. So everything. Everything. Okay. So you know, it's like, and and you know, you can see in your digestive, like, so for me, it was hard to give up alcohol. I like alcohol. I love it. Um, you know, it's like it's my friend. Yeah, it's it's kind of like takes the edge yeah. off of. Rough life, life, and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also felt a like it was Z. having power over me, you know. Uh, and uh, I didn't know, like, okay, is this something like I can give up? And then once I did, for three, I was like, wow, okay, this is okay. And luckily, my husband actually did it with me, which was a miracle. Good. But um, so yeah, when I got there, I realized that he he was looking to intertwine and what's going <laughs> yeah. on. There. He wouldn't take it to another level. No. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, when I got there, I realized that, yeah, people are doing this in a medicinal way. Mm. And so some people are, you know, trying to fight addiction, depression, anxiety, some past trauma. And they're not, it's not a party drug. It's like a real medicine. Right. And, you know, it's an ancient medicine. And they're, so those brain states that we talked about before that you can access during deep meditation. This is like the fast road to that. Okay. This is going to like take you to other dimensions and places in your subconscious that like you did, like in a very fast, like it's like third, people say it's like 20 years of therapy. Yeah. And so (laughs) in one, in two nights or two or three nights, right? So it was kind of, um... I was I was um, amazed at like how how therapeutic it was for people how purging and when they purge all this stuff out they don't they consider it a healing process and yeah and what was the purpose of doing this just to cleanse your soul cleanse well, your inner self cleanse your your, your physical as well yeah for me I just I did I did I wanted to not be closed minded and judgmental about people doing it but uh. it isn't. You, knowing you for the, I don't know, three hours I've known you, it doesn't seem like you'd ever be like that. Well, I, w- I was a little bit like when pe- when I would tell people about something I experienced like that hit, hit me without any like, you know, substance. And then they'd tell me about a drug. I, th- I thought it was a drug experience. I was like, well, it is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I, and I didn't know. So my theory was that DMT, that dimethyl tryptophan lives. And this is not just my theory, by the way. You know, there's the other. Oh, tryptophan, that's turkey. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But oh, it's tryptamine. Sorry, but um, it's a compound. The DMT is called the spirit molecule. So after I had my Kundalini thing happen, I was watching a documentary on Netflix, and it was about the spirit molecule, which is DMT. Okay. And I'm watching the people's experiences, and I'm like, wow, that's like what happened to me. So I also wanted to know how close, like, is this DMT? It lives in our spine, in the cerebral spinal fluid. It lives in our tissues, but it often doesn't reach the brain blood barrier and actually activate your brain hmm. so it's an ancient again like in the they say right. it, it, it was an ancient compound that was released in dream states in like our ancient ancestors and made us have really psychedelic dreams probably helped people with hunting because it increased like the sensitivity to the environment being in tune with, being in tune with everything yeah i see that bird up there don't you see yeah. it that type of stuff. or you feel it like yeah. you're just you know that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about with you all know. this, all this other shit yeah. going on. You, are you ever the type of person like when you're driving or you're sitting and you got to tell yourself put your shoulders down? Yeah. Or you, you have to do that too. Do you have that stress up there? Oh yeah. 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 You, you hate that, don't you? Well, yeah. You just gotta like, oh, I'm like this. Get kind of you know <laughs> relax everything. Yeah, just tune in. Okay. Here's what oh. I want to ask you. The nose. 
that 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 is my one last fucking sin. I can't hear a goddamn thing. You could have been sitting here calling me a motherfucker for the past, I don't know, hour and 14 minutes. And I'd be like, hey, yeah, that's kind of cool. And <laughs> I can't see shit. I wake up in the morning, I got film over my eyes. I can feel a little bit. Taste, whatever. It's saturated by, you know, Bombay Sapphire. Smell. I can smell anything. I said to my girl all the time, do you smell that? She's like, what are you talking about? Do you smell huh. that? Sense of, denote it. All the senses, mm-hmm. all of them are important. How important is the smell? Uh, I think it's really important, but we've but it's we've lost it. So we used to be so the the smell goes directly is one of our only senses, the only sense that goes directly to your brain without being filtered through the parasympathetic nervous system. It's a direct scent that goes to your brain. Okay. So yeah, um, and you know it's funny they make fun of Joe Biden for sniffing people's hair and stuff. But if I could, in an ideal world, <laughs> instead of shaking your hand, I just like kind of sniff Smell you. Smell you. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's that primal that. shit, like yeah. dogs and monkeys like, and shit. It's instinct. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Because if it, and and to further that, if you get up to somebody that that. It smells like that soury, nasty. Shit. Yeah. Sm- no, not shit. Sa- like sour. there's a sour smell. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm probably not going to want to hang around you. I'm going to stay at a distance. I'm going to then think, well, you should shower. That coincides with the aura, though, because people that stink, you don't want to be around them. Right? Well, oh, I do have a teenager. Get, you so. could, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you can get around the body order a little bit. Cause, it it yeah. was a feet for a long how, how, time. How old is he? 16. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, a funk there. Yeah. There's a funk there. It's a different type it of It doesn't yeah. matter. Because I, I, I have teenagers, second they get out of the shower, you're like, did you shower? Because well, yeah. they put on dirty clothes probably. After yeah, that's true. What did you do? <laughs> that was me. You put the same clothes on. Though. What was the point of showering? Well, yeah. Yeah. All right, Allison, I want you to take our listeners on a fantastic voyage, mm-hmm. on okay. a journey. I want you to verbally... Nice. And Lakeside. I want you to talk to our listeners and teach them how to meditate. Okay. I, I want you to say, what's, what's that like? Put, put them on that ride right now. We'll be quiet. Okay. Starting now. Now. Close your eyes. Okay. And just noticing how you feel. Not judging it. Just noticing. And now taking a deep breath in through your nose, all the way down as far as you can get it, and exhaling through your mouth any tension you're holding. Just let it all go. Feel the tension just melting off your shoulders. And breathe in again, in through the nose, on the count of five. One, two, three, four, five. Hold the breath. Hold it, and then let it go through the mouth, all of it, all of it, all of it. Feeling all your tension melting away, all your thoughts about tomorrow and yesterday. And breathing in. And now you're just breathing in pure healing air through your nose on the count of five. Breathe in really deep. One, two, three, four, five. Hold it. Drink it. It swirl at the base of your spine. And then exhale. Ah, it feels so good. And now just tuning in to the beautiful sounds around you. Maybe there's birds outside. Maybe there's a breeze in the window. Maybe there's car horns. Not attaching any thoughts to those sounds. Just hearing them and noticing them. Noticing your own breath, anything you're feeling in your body. And taking this calm feeling of acceptance and relaxation everywhere with you through the rest of your day.
anything you're doing or not doing, just being. Being perfectly calm and accepting to all that's happening around you. Whether it's chaos or joy, it's all the same. Have a nice day. Namaste. <laughs> Have you? That shit, no, first of all, people listen to this as they're driving, so all the accidents <laughs> you just left <laughs> I was going to say, yes. have you ever, uh, do you do that. ASMR? Oh, I know what, th- I have, yeah, I know what that is. I have that. Who's he? S- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's, it, yeah, yeah, you yeah. should. Okay, because I should. have, um, so I do have um, synesthesia. Mm-hmm. So I will, like, I just got the chills. So if I hear a sound, I'll get the chills. Uh-huh. I'll be scrubbing some some dish, and, like, all of a sudden, like, I get body sensations. But, yeah, right. yeah, I, I, that would be mm-hmm. fun. You should. Okay. Yeah, you've, you've definitely part, got the voice I partook in all that you said right there, and I did it, and I felt my shoulders relaxing. And when I came out of it, I was, like, dizzy. You know how, yeah. like, when you stand yeah. up too quick? Yeah. yeah. That's the feeling I had. I've yeah. been sitting on my ass for the past two hours. <laughs> what is ASDM? ASMR. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it sounds for, but it's like... Um, it's it's like that quiet, that soothing talk. It's like the background noise. It helps you relax. It helps you meditate. It can help you focus. It can do all sorts of different things for you. Did you, you follow what she said? Yeah. Were you doing it? Yeah. Did you feel lightheaded when you came out? I didn't feel lightheaded. I just feel relaxed. It takes that tension off that, your shoulders. That yeah. was good. And, you know, I hope yeah. people partake in that because there's something that we're missing as people. Oh, man. yeah. And I, I talk to some of my boys about this. Sometimes I'll just go into a fucking tangent where it's just too loud. <laughs> yeah. Because it why is. do we go camping? We go camping to get away from it all. Yep. Right. Stars are brighter. Yeah. It's quieter. The nights are darker. Yeah, but then look at what people are trying to even do to camping. They're trying to take all that other stuff <laughs> with, with them. them. Yeah, their TVs. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, look, my, my trailer has a satellite. No, I don't want that. I yeah. want to camp. I go up in the mountains sometimes. Yeah. And when I'm home, I go and look at the ocean. I just look at the world, just the natural state of the world. Yeah. Man. And don't don't make me get all fucked up now because people <laughs> that are listening are going to fuck with us, right? Yeah, they but are. what I'm saying is... We're just, this is not natural, man. Yeah. There's just mm-hmm. too many fucking people. There's too much noise. There's yeah. too much pollution. There's too much yep. angst. I just, I just want it nice and quiet and quiet. easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I just want it easy. And it's yeah. just fucked up out there right now. So people like you who are sympathetic to other people's emotions, you're kind of like an oracle. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah. She's kind of like an oracle person. where yeah. you feel other people's stuff yeah. and you cleanse them. Ah. Yeah. There's very few people <laughs> like you yes. out there. We brought the oracle in. I think today. that's beautiful. Yeah. Wood, with that, is that what you're saying? That is what I am saying. And Allison, is that what you're saying? You could say yes or no. It doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> you you got you got to get into ASMR. That's yeah. that's fantastic. I'll my it's her voice. Bag. Yes. It's her yes. voice. She should be the AT and T lady. Yeah. AT and T. You know that lady makes a shitload of money. Right. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, that is uh, this episode. I hope with how we ended this and wrapped this up that you feel like you've had a weight lifter from your shoulders shoulders are down yeah uh, you feel it more at peace um if you want to check out these books tell us the names of your books again so we can so our uh, listeners can uh, go out and get those okay so my website is allison with one l a l i s o n stories.com and then you'll find my books falling for johnny crime novel based on whitey bulger Boston, where Keith and I grew up. Yeah, and if it doesn't say on the inside to Keith, the second toughest person that <laughs> came out never, of Boston is not die. authentic, That's okay? Right. <laughs> and then two historical novels that take place in spooky Ogden, Utah, Ophelia's mm. War, and then the second in the series is Dangerous Mercy. So start with Ophelia's War, Ophelia, like from Hamlet. Right. There's a Natalie Merchant song. Yes. yes. Ophelia. Uh-huh. Oh, sh- yeah. It's yeah. an album. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Not, God, so tell us, tell us the name of your website one more time. It's allisonstories.com. Allisonstories.com. 
Yeah. Guys, check that out. That's where she's at. You can find all that stuff there. Um, I hope that everybody's a little more in touch today than they were uh, yesterday. And um, This has been the most, like, I don't want to say relaxing, but like self-provoking, yeah. thought-provoking. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. love all the mask off. We, we're going on three years. Yep. So this yeah, is our 36 wow. mask off. This is a 36 person that sat in that chair in the goddamn woodshed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. right? That's awesome. I love them all. But this, this one here was a little, little different because we, we talked yeah, about reincarnation. Yep. We talked about chakra. We yep. talked about aura. We talked about all this stuff. We've never yeah. gotten that deep. Normally, no. I'm sitting here quivering because somebody's about ready to kick my yeah, ass yeah. or outcook me or, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, this, this, is, uh, this is new for us. We feel more relaxed. We feel more in touch with our spiritual sides, our and softer now we, sides. And, and now we, we know how to meditate. Yeah, we do. Um, so, guys, you know, uh, share this with your uh, friends, family, um, this episode in particular. And by uh, meditate, I don't mean pass out because of alcohol. No, no. That's a different kind of meditation. Yeah. We, we got that down. Yeah, back. I know I, that I did meditation. that last night. <laughs> I drank to uh, unconsciousness. I woke up. I wasn't very relaxed. I was a little dizzy. Yeah. You know how you got to put your foot on the ground yeah. to go to sleep? You know? yeah. I'm going to tell you a scary story Let's about that. Okay. Oh, you want me to tell you now? Yeah, oh, right okay. now, sure. Oh, we have time? Yeah, Please. we got time. Okay, so well, no, this is okay. I'm gonna make this a very long story, but strange things happen in Nevada. We all know that. Yes. Right? Okay. Last time I was in Area ne- 51. Yes. <laughs> Last time I was in Nevada, I um, met a leprechaun, met a Indian guy, okay. ended up in a s- portal. S- but stop. Let's stop. Okay. Stop. You met a leprechaun. <laughs> Just a- <laughs> let's hear that story. Well, um, anyways. At the hotel I was at, we were, my, my husband and I had been doing some backcountry skiing in the mountains, the Ruby Mountains. How long have you been married? Mm, I don't remember. Okay, um, so he knows 23 you. 23 years, yeah. He knows time. you, knows you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. So we met some, uh, this uh, Irish guy and his wife, and then we were, we headed off to some strange Basque restaurant, and as soon as we opened the door, we knew, even my husband, who's an engineer and very well grounded, said, oh, we're going... This is a long story. Weren't you guys about to wrap up? Yeah, we're, okay. we're, this is you. Okay. Let's go. But anyways, the, the long and short of it is about about like um, passing out. I got back to the hotel. And, you know, weed's legal in Nevada, so I think I probably smoked a tiny bit before I went to bed. And I had a lot to drink <laughs> over the evening. Tiny bit is, is another word for half ounce. Right, I have yeah. no idea, actually, <laughs> because I was pretty drunk at the time. And then, so this is really scary. I went to bed. And I think I passed out, but I, I became conscious in a blackout. So this is the bad side of meditating too much. So I woke up in a blackout, meaning my body was completely paralyzed. And I was, I was completely awake, couldn't get back into my body, but was in like a, 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 like a void. Yeah. Mm. So scary. Yeah. I have never been so terrified. I didn't know whether I was dead. Or not, but it, when I reflect, I'm like, oh shit, I was blacked out, but uh, but for some reason I became conscious, and I didn't know like w- anything what was gonna happen. So I just said to myself, okay, er- everything changes, right? That's the only constant in the universe is right. change. This too shall pass, and eventually it went away. But I was just like, I was like, holy shit, what is this? Was I in a vo- like you know that? Did you ever watch Stranger Things? Were were uh-huh. they that black? That's what it was like, like complete, not even those purple fun things when you close your eyes, blackness, mm. like nothing. Yo, what Boy. is that when you're in the middle of sleep and trying to wake up? You ever had those fucking night paralysis yeah. when yeah. you're trying to it's wake up? Yeah, para- it's, it's sleep paralysis. What, what is that? 
It's it's a really scary state. It's fucked up as well. Yeah, it is. You've had it? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. I, I'm pretty sure everybody listening has had it. I had never had it until probably about a year ago. Mm. You're awake, but you can't get back in your body. Oh, yeah. I was pissed off, man. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> pissed off. Yeah. All right, so you're in a leprechaun, and then you and your husband are in Vegas. But yeah, anyways, I, when you said that about being passed out, I was like, wow, that, that was like... Whew. Like, man, that was not a good place to be. No. So your passed out and her passed out, to- two totally different things. My passed out is throwing up at the 21 table I at Mirage and get day. my ass kicked <laughs> by the security <laughs> and waking up on the corner. I can't believe yeah. you could get your ass kicked by anybody. When you got five security guards pummeling you <laughs> and you're drunk, you can't win that fight. I don't give a fuck who you are. You're not winning that fight. So, guys... Uh, there's a little bonus for you. Share this uh, with all your friends, family. We're at sowhatyousaying.com, sowhatyousaying um, at gmail.com, because you know we love hearing from you on the emails. That's, those will come up next week. So please kick those emails to us so we can all um, enjoy this episode once again next week. And um, anchor.fm backslash sowhatyousaying. Those of you that would love to contribute, we're always appreciative of that. Um, and we thank you for that. And... Uh, if I can make a plea, and this hasn't happened for a long time, but please go over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review because those always help us. Um, I, it's it's an analytical thing. That's something that I deal with, and not necessarily Keith. I just talked over his head for half a second there. What? But please, <laughs> please go over and do that, guys. We always appreciate that. And uh, with that, um, Keith, Allison, i got to tell you guys, it was a pleasure. Allison, would you come back on? Of course. I love it. We're out.